everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Daily Podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. Necronominoms. Joining us, as always, is our co-host, Beck. Hello, how you doing? I am doing all right. I am uh, highly caffeinated right now and ready to talk about some video games. Ready to go. You're excited for the games. (laughs) That's right, kids. Today's podcast is brought to you by Caffeine and Clinical Depression. Uh, Together in one drink. Yeah. Um, How are you? Yeah. I'm I'm fine. I can't complain. Been I've one of the more recent things that have like came up came to me was that I play Yu-Gi-Oh like at events and stuff and like they had like a new band list and that was like one thing that like surprised me yesterday just on Monday um 26 and it was just like I was excited because we finally got a band list and then I wasn't and uh yeah. That's that's the gist of how I've been. How about you? Anything interesting? Not really. No, I um, game wise, like I I bought a Metal Hill Singer finally. Uh, played that for a bit. Got up to basically where the tutorial ended. Uh, so it was like the first two levels of the game. Uh, pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna be playing the rest of it. Hopefully over the course of this week. It's it doesn't look like a very long game, which makes sense. So, uh, gonna be playing through that and hopefully i'll have that finished by next week nice how long do you think it'll be like 10 20 hours yeah if i had to guess probably not too much more than 20 hours uh it depends on what the difficulty's at and stuff like that but like just looking like you can visibly see the amount of levels that are in the game and there aren't a whole lot so i imagine it won't be super long which makes sense because if you think about comparable comparable games like doom those games aren't super long either. All right. Well, you, you'll have to tell us how it goes whenever you finish it and what are your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't have too many extra thoughts on it because, uh, like I said, I basically just went through what the um, the demo was. Uh, yeah. So it's basically yeah, just cur- ending where the demo ended. Right. I'm just curious, like, how the game, like, ramps up in difficulty or, like, what the story is or whatever it is i suppose yeah stories like uh there there was a little bit extra story wise uh in that there was like a prologue where they talked about stuff the story is intentionally not like deep you know uh it's it's fine like i enjoyed it but like for example your character's name is the unknown that's your character's name you don't it's unknown uh, they're not like putting too much into the story, not in a bad way, just in a we know what our game is and we're not like going to take ourselves too seriously, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a balance. I think there's a point where uh, your game should match the energy, like the story should match the energy of the game. You can't have like this overly serious story and then this game that's just like silly or ridiculous or over the top that that doesn't mesh well Hmm. (sighs) trying to to think on like what i did in the demo everything yeah i mean all you did was kill demons you know yeah that was the whole thing (laughs) it was just for me it was just kill demons suck at clicking at the beat (laughs) (laughs) i'm so bad at that yeah uh, and they had three difficulties associated with it, so basically easy, medium, and hard. Uh, and then they still have the leaderboards going on. It looks like there's a loadout system that I haven't gotten to sink into too much because there's not much at, at the beginning. Uh, 
So I'll mm-hmm. be interested to see that because that's the only thing that was different that I didn't know about was the loadout oh. system. Yeah, I'm sure it's just like customizing like what, what weapons you're going to bring with you or something. Yeah. Um, any other games you were, you've been doing? Uh, are there? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I think it's been the same old, same old aside from that. Yeah, it's just been like Splatoon for me and Tower Fantasy. I think exactly the same for you. Yeah, pretty much. Splatoon wrapped up their first like um, Splatfest that was like actually for the event, not like the pre-Splatfest one that was part of the demo. And that was that was fun. It was cool doing the try battle thingy where it's like three teams. And like if your team is the one that's ahead, you're the defending team of four people defending against two two teams of two. Uh, those were cool. Yeah, I only got to do... Uh, one of those battles and uh, it's pretty shocking if you've never done it before and then you get just thrown into it and you have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. yeah yeah like uh, i think the first time i did it i just swapped to a different weapon because like whenever we're playing with our friends like i'm normally the one doing like pretty well and like i was just like okay i'm just gonna use a different weapon for fun and i think i put on like the bow which is one of the newer weapons and i was like i hate this weapon i just i, I know i'm not gonna do well and it was immediately that and i was just like we're going to lose this. I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to lose this. And I didn't realize, like, it took me a minute to realize that, like, when the enemy team, we were the defending team, when the enemy team gets the, like, rocket thingy, it actually gets them, like, a little uh, robot that's constantly um, covering for them that you can't do anything about. Like, once it's there, it's just constantly doing coverage for them. And I was like, oh, okay. I, like, I realized that in the first game, but it was too late. Like, the game's pretty much already over by the time I realized that. And we lost. And then I think I did it, like, two or three more times. Then we won all of them from them on out but like once you get the strategy of like one person just watch the goal and then other people can just try to push the other sides like it's pretty easy because people would just mindlessly run towards the middle i'm like yeah, i'm dead and yeah, dead it was just like this feels good <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i guess the only other thing i would say about splatoon that i've noticed uh since playing more uh there's sort of a transition for me at least like the way it feels where the beginning whenever we were first playing I definitely felt a bit more like uh, it it felt better to me whenever I was first playing where even though I didn't know what was going on a whole lot, I still felt like I was contributing even when I wasn't doing well. Uh, There was a night that we played uh, that just like started to break me where we were just losing really hard and just consistently. I don't remember if we even won a game that night, uh, but like, when I say like they were just pushing us into our base to where we couldn't play. And those are the moments that really mess with me whenever I'm playing games. If I feel like I cannot play the game, I am not enjoying myself. Like Mm -hmm. I've said it before. I don't care if I lose so much. It's just, am I able to play the game? If losing means that I don't get to do stuff in the game, then why am I playing? But if I can lose and still play, uh, then, you know, I'm fine. At least I get to participate in the game. You know, that's the difference. I think, uh, where I don't, I don't think that I, uh, fit as like a sore loser. I'm just someone who wants to be able to play the game, whether I win or lose. Yeah. I think I can interpret this pretty well where it's just like, you essentially just want to play a game where it feels like you're almost balanced in abilities, essentially. (laughs) 
where it's just like it seemed like a fair game. Like you're not you're not gonna you're not winning, but like maybe you only lose by a little bit. Like when you play a league game and both sides have like pretty much been pushed to their limits, and like then someone just wins after like a big fight, or like you're playing a shooter and you, one team just wins by like, a few points of whatever. So like that that's the kind of games you're looking for. Um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. In that game, we were essentially just they were just better. They're absolutely better players. They kept coming up. There was like one or two games where it was just stomps. They just destroyed us, and then um, the gist of it was is they pushed us back so far that they were just grenading us as soon as we popped out. It was terrible. Um, yeah, that that started to break me. Uh, there was also <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say that there was also a moment. Um, that stuck out to me and this happens with any competitive game right is uh that sticks to me and it's this uh i remember y'all telling me about a weapon and it being like a good weapon and then from then on i noticed how many times that specific weapon killed me uh and i don't know why but that kind of bothers me (laughs) like it's information that i wish i didn't know you know like where you're like, oh, there's this overpowered gun. And then I notice that I'm dying to just the overpowered gun like 75% of the time. I'm like, oh, like, everyone's just using this gun. Okay, I see now. Was it like the splatter? Not the splatter shot. It was like the one weapon that's like silvery, right? Um, It was the, I think, was it the arrow spray? Was it the arrow? Yeah. Er- yeah. That gun's not overpowered per se. It's just, it's really good at, like at coverage. Okay. And if if they get in your face, they're probably going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um like even uh even if it's not like overpowered, I guess it's just like whenever someone's like uh talking up a weapon and then that weapon is killing me, that like bothers me. Yeah, you're just you're, <laughs> it's fair, I guess. Yeah, like like our friend like me, me and our other friend who like played the game more, we're just like, okay, this aerospray is really good at like if you just want to like do a lot of coverage. And then if someone gets close, you're probably gonna kill them. And then our one one friend actually swapped to that gun because we we kept recommending it to him because he kept doing it terrible and he just kept complaining over and over. And then he eventually started using it, and we noticed he's actually like topping, like topping our little like uh, coverage charts, and he he'd get a lot of kills too. So we're just like, yeah, the weapon's like good. Uh, whenever you encounter good players with that weapon, they just destroy you though. Like if you if like a sniper gonna destroy you, like any nor- a normal like, player who's like decent will just out constantly keep you like at a distance essentially like how it's supposed to be yeah it, it's like um whenever you play league of legends and you come up against a like a trindamir or a yi or you're and, and you're like not familiar with league and you're just like i don't know what to do about this character and you just constantly die to them over and over and over when in reality there are ways to beat those characters sometimes not yi and i feel, feel like that's how that weapon is where it's just like that that weapon's amazing if you don't know what to do with it. Where that's how I feel like with like uh, characters in like League, where I'm just like those characters are good if you don't know how to deal with them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's the gist of it. That's how I feel. Um, another thing I'd say, like as far as like getting destroyed by their players, like some night, like there was a night where I was playing by myself because sometimes I just want to play by myself, and I lost like seven games in a row or something like that, and I just didn't want to play games even with like different games. I was just like I'm done. I'm, I'm just demoralized completely. <laughs> And this is where, like, I try to argue for, like, playing ranked modes in games, because sometimes how I view ranked is inevitably you're going to get to a point where you're playing people who are equal to you in level. And I just want to be at that point where every game feel even if I'm losing, like you said, I just feel like I'm playing the game. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm just trying to get at. I just want to 
get to a point in like a ranked mode where I'm just like, yep, I'm winning some games, I'm losing some games, but I'm not being absolutely destroyed and pushed to my base. <laughs> yeah, um, that's but, like, fair. Rank, rank, ranked modes in Splatoon don't work that well, to be fair, because the ranked mode is completely different than the normal mode. So I see. Completely different. So you just got to get good at those ranked modes or just avoid it whenever that ranked mode pops up. And you can't even play uh, certain, like, where the ranked mode? Splatoon is weird. I'm not going to explain it. But yeah, that's been Splatoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to uh, mention that I wanted to play that damn Gundam game that came out because I like Gundams. And I have Gundams I like in it. The, um, but we never got around to doing it. Yeah, I did ask if we wanted to play that, and I I don't feel like I got a good response. So, I said I wanted to play it. Yeah, I I think everybody else would have just said, "Are we going to play it?" So we should install it, type of thing. I don't think like we never got like a confirm on it, type of thing. Okay, maybe we should try it this week then. It's going to be us going into it. Everybody who's bad already left, and it's only good players. We're just going to get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of how Splatoon is feeling to me. Uh, that's how Splatoon will inevitably become. I will say that because I played that played Splatoon two like a year or two after its release, and I was just getting destroyed by everybody. And I was just like, I don't know how to get better. I'm just getting destroyed. Like right. it's just the people who love this game at this point who are playing it. And it's just like, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can get into some news. Yeah, we can do that. That sounds good. Um, yeah. Uh, let's. Let's start off the way we started off last week, which is talking about Overwatch 2. Um, we're going to talk about this next week, too, because it's going to come out by then. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like The reason oh. we're, we end up talking about it so much, like the past two weeks in a row, I think, is because like it's been closer and closer to coming out, so we get more and more information the closer we get to it coming out. And unfortunately, all the information kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we've heard now is that... Uh, for new players as like people that didn't play overwatch originally um and are just like you know making new accounts to play overwatch too old heroes that will be available for everyone else will not be available to them uh they will have like a an initial experience thing where they basically have to play what they said was approximately 100 matches to be able to unlock uh those heroes so they'll still have like a core set of heroes to choose from but to unlock the rest of them, they will have to pay play for basically about a hundred games. Now, that's already kind of annoying. Yeah, uh, it's kind of annoying at first, but then won't be annoying later, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument that, like, oh, this is how games work. You just, you know, you unlock the characters as you go. But uh, this is on top of the whole battle pass issue, and on top of that. There, uh, Blizzard also talked about uh, basically trying to push uh, hero swapping more. So in Overwatch 2, they've decided on a new mechanic, which is that um, it started out in the beta as being for DPS players, for damage players, that whenever you swap heroes uh, in the middle of a game, you would get to retain 30% of your ultimate. Now, they're taking that and spreading it to all the roles. So it doesn't matter if you're tank, damage, or support, you'll be able to retain 30% of your ultimate when swapping heroes. Um, this is ideally good 
in theory, because that means that like you have more of a reason to swap heroes and you don't feel so bad about it because you're not losing ultimate. But in practice, this means that more people will be swapping heroes. And I just told you about how the old heroes will not be available for certain people. Uh, and you also know that the other heroes will be locked behind a essentially time-gated battle pass unless you pay. Because uh, we already talked about there's a cap at 9,000 and one tier is 10,000 XP per day. Or uh, 9,000 per day and 10,000 XP is the cap for a new tier. You have to be level 55, so that's 55 tiers. You can do the math on how many days it takes. I think uh, we said this last time where we were just like, yeah, it's going to take some time. So that means you have all these heroes that are essentially time-gated, but you also have an incentive to get more people added to your roster so you can engage in that whole rock, paper, scissors thing where you're tr you're trying to counter people. And of course, if you're uh, someone who's paying for the battle pass, you get access to new characters, which means you have that one extra character that you can swap to. Uh, this is also interesting because they originally, uh, whenever we were, we were talking about the battle pass, um, and people were complaining about it, uh, the heroes being locked in the battle pass, they actually were trying to argue that it was okay because, quote, the majority of our players play a relatively small number of heroes. What they're essentially saying there is that they knew that people have like a main that they stick to and they don't often do a whole lot of swapping. But because they knew that, they wanted to encourage the swapping so that you would want more heroes. Mm -hmm. So you're following the logic here. Mm -hmm. Uh it's ridiculous. I mean, they they're saying that they know what they're doing, essentially. Like, you know, like everyone just knows. Everyone knows what's happening. Um, and it's ridiculous. You're essentially getting this uh feeling that you need to put in money. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, obviously I mean, free players are every, free, you know? Every game with a microtransaction or a battle pass, right? Yeah, but whenever like so much of it is locked there, like that's I well, mean, there, I'm sure there's a free rotation of characters, right, that you can play. I have not seen that. Well, Maybe you have to start is. with something. You have to start with something. I I assume because they can't there can't be duplicates of characters in a match. I assumed that uh, there is like a core set of heroes that you can start off with. You have like starting yeah. characters. Yeah, it could be, be that it's a free rotation instead. But well, I assumed that much. It would have to be a free rotation with X amount of like each role, so tank killer, DPS. Um, first of all, I just I do want to say the swapping thing sounds really strong to me. Where like, because we we know that certain characters just excel, like a defensive character who can put up like a turret or a wall, which should be only tank characters nowadays for this game specifically. Like certain characters are just going to play astronomically better, like. I, I like the idea of like here's your set of things you're gonna do you're stuck to these characters for however many matches and your maybe your character will sell, excel at pushing but whenever it comes to defense they're not gonna excel like i like that idea but the idea of just being like okay now we're on the defensive let's all get our defensive characters it's just like oh that seems weird to me oh. i'm yeah. sure it's fine i'm just saying like from a gameplay standard it's just weird 
I can't speak to the um like balance of that because what you say sounds like it makes sense, but um it does it does seem like it would be annoying to watch a game that is more interested in swapping heroes. It feels similar to like if you're watching like certain Pokemon matches and they're just stuck like constantly swapping instead of like actually fighting. Yeah. Yeah, like how what's the cooldown on the swap? <laughs> how fast can you do it? Like is it gonna um I assumed it was per death, if I recall, but like it could be okay. based on um like a timer, especially if they're trying to encourage swapping now. Yeah, like that seems okay on death. Like I'm not I'm not being, trying to be like a negative Nancy about the whole swapping thing. Yeah, but I'm I don't just saying you, like you as can't... far as gameplay goes, it seems weird. Yeah, you can't like swap you can't just like go back to a base and like say I'm this character now. You you die first and then you yeah, uh, so like you, you, you do sack like you are dying, therefore giving some type of advantage to the enemy team. If we're just talking strictly gameplay wise, like you kill someone, they can swap fine, whatever. Uh, like as you said, that Pokemon analogy is just gonna be like, okay, now they swapped to like the sniper character who's good at taking out my character. So when that sniper character kills me, I'm gonna swap to a character that counters that character. It's like you, to some extent, you're gonna get that whole Pokemon thing. Um, but like if it's only on death not so much i guess yeah it's not quite that because it's on death but it just yeah it's it, not gonna it just be like oh, that to me <laughs> it's like oh boy you know they, they, you know you see the two people run up to their characters to the battlefield they see each other's characters one guy turns around swaps comes back with the counter <laughs> that guy turns around swaps comes back with that counter like the the balance to that is that the person who has to like swap has to just give an advantage if that makes sense yeah it's other, it's other time off of the battlefield where they get to push or uh maintain a uh lead yeah yeah so yeah but blizzard backtracking on like first being like no one swaps and then saying here's a thing to promote swapping well, uh, okay <laughs> whatever blizzard so what you're saying is ten dollars for a battle pass huh uh I'm not going to lead in so hard into that, but yeah, no, that's, uh, but that's what you can see them kind of inching towards. Like they're, they're trying to promote that idea of, well, if you want these heroes and you want them when everyone else has them, you should give us your money. Kind of like, that's like, it's almost like FOMO, like fear of missing out or something where you're like, well, not exactly. But like, if I already had these characters, I could easily swap to the correct character for this thing then yeah, if you're feeling pushed that way, but like, if you're just going to have them all unlocked after like a hundred games anyways, then that will go. It's like playing league where you're just like, well, now I have most of the characters unlocked. This isn't a problem. But like the fact that it's just still swapping out thing, that's different. League. <laughs> um, it's a, it's, I just want to see how like next week we're going to know how many characters are like going to be there on launch. What's unlocked. What's not unlocked. Like we'll be able to give a better, opinion on it even though sadly it'll come out the day that we do this podcast so we probably won't have played <laughs> but we yeah. will have more information because there's obviously going to be someone putting out a video or two right a day or two before it comes out so we'll at least have that information we are going to have an interesting comparison because i do have the um like first game which means i will have those characters unlocked and so you won't have it and i'll do amazing i mean yeah you'll probably do better than me to be fair, uh, whenever whenever I played it, since I only played the posed beta of it, uh, I really liked May. Yeah, like, I love May. She's adorable. I love her character, but I also liked her gun. <laughs> it's just it felt good. 
Yeah, and early on, it was she was one of the more annoying characters uh, to fight. Uh, yeah, that's that's all we've got as far as new Overwatch Two stuff. It is going to be interesting to see how that goes next week um, with that new information. Blizzard, Blizzard will always be in our minds, whether it's WoW or Overwatch or Diablo. Blizzard is always here. That's a large portion of the gaming community. <laughs> Can't avoid them. Uh, we can talk about... Um, let's talk about this uh, Shin Megami Tensei thing. Imagine, yeah. Yeah, imagine. Uh, so there was an MMO back in 2007 that was a Shin Megami Tensei MMO that apparently you knew about that I didn't know about. Um, yeah, I I played it for a yeah. short amount of time. Uh, it was called Imagine. Uh, so it is in the news recently because Atlas is suing two people that were responsible for maintaining a fan server of that MMO. Uh, they're suing for copyright infringement. Um, I want to cut you off there. Yeah. There are multiple servers. They are there just are. suing specifically that one. Yes. Um. So. The lawsuit was filed back in December of 2021. Um, the people being sued, uh, Rukuemu, Rukuemu, sorry, uh, and Compaq, uh, those two are actually now being summoned to appear in court. Uh, so this law- lawsuit is uh, alleging a few things. For one, it's alleging that the website associated with that fan server was a quote blatant copy of the original website. What? It's yeah. Well, it's like one to one. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would assume they mean by blatant copy. Yeah. Um, there's no like uh, accompanying visuals. Um, so it's also assuming that Rukuiemo, I'm just going to plow through it. Uh, it's assuming that he quote falsely added uh, their own copyright information alongside the original copyright owners. So where it would say like copyright, I think it said Atlas and Sega. It also had his name there too. Um, they're also saying that the server quote caused and will continue to cause irreparable damage to Atlas unless restrained by the court. I don't think that's true. I also don't think that's true because uh, the server was free, so uh, they weren't making money off of the server. Yeah, um, let me let me show you an image of what the two servers, because I was look like side by side. Okay, I see. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's similar. That's the whole point of a fan server, right? Yeah, it'd be well. It would be like if we like we've played private servers for a while, or if we went to a WoW server and it was like it looked like Blizzard's website. Yeah, you can see where they could be pretty upset here. But yeah, continue. Yeah, Um, so it is worth uh, mentioning, like you did, that there are other uh, servers that are fan servers of this game. Uh, There is notably one that has decided to pull back their server. Because of this, um, the fan server Reimagine has decided to sign off. Uh, they're afraid of further legal action beyond this, so they've been scared offline as well. 
yeah, this is upsetting because we we're both pretty experienced with private servers, at least with WoW. Like we were just talking about one like a few months ago. I don't know how long ago that was. Um, what well, that's considered a private server, the uh, Ascension, right? Yeah, I believe so. It's just so modified that it's strange yeah um, like my view on private servers is that they're just like as long as they're not making money from it, it is just it's just especially with a dead game that the original creators are not making any money from it and they're not doing anything with it and just let fans play it like there's no harm there's no damage to you if anything this is just keeping people engaged with your content that you're not supporting <laughs> like and th- what this makes me think is kind of similar to WoW or, or Blizzard, where like they started like cracking down real hard on servers whenever they were like, "We're gonna bring WoW Classic out." It's just like, hmm, that that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, this has sparked some conversation again about uh, like game preservation uh, mm-hmm. because it was a dead game. There was not going to be, as far as we know, uh, currently any attempts to revive it. Uh, having seen some gameplay, I can't imagine they decide to revive this. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, to put it charitably, it is old. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit on the game because I, I, I had to make sure you at least looked at the game a little bit. So this is essentially a hotkey-based MMO. It was that era, right? Like to like anything after two thousand four or even before, like around there. Well, like WoW's, um takeover of mmo space like every mmo is pretty much uh, a hockey based mmo so if you don't understand that look it up um and this main the main thing about this one is that because it's based in the shin megami tensai world specifically like between two of the games the first and the second one which are the pretty disconnected strangely but they're there um there's the whole demon summoning thing negotiating with demons and that's that's the whole thing about it and you're in a post-apocalyptic world so that was like the big lore of it. And you, could, you get to play with your, you know, your Atlas demons, uh, Atlas being the company. Uh, the game just doesn't, isn't that exciting. Like I played it for a few weeks and even I stopped playing it. And as an Atlas fan, I stopped playing. It. And this was like a year or two after it came out, I think in America, where I had probably only played one or two Atlas games. Um, probably specifically at least Noc- Nocur- Nocturne, the third Shin Megami Tensei game at the very least. And I was even like, well... This is very dreary, dreary and depressing, and the gameplay just feels like wow to me, but kind of worse. Uh, yeah, it's people playing this are just nostalgic for it, is my guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it has, like I said, sparked a conversation on game preservation. Having these dead games that aren't going to come back, uh, you worry that they're going to be lost to time. I mean. I didn't hear about this game before until this stuff came up. So like having that ability to go back and see these games, uh, feels important to me, like just as a piece of history, you know, uh, having the ability to see the game, to interact with it. Uh, I think especially as long as it's not making money off of someone else's property, I think it, I think it should be okay. Like I, unless they're going to do something to create these uh, sanctioned servers where you can relive these bits of history. Uh, If they're not going to do that, then they should at least allow someone else who's not going to make money off of it anyways, do it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, but th- th- this is any big company cracking down on their own assets, I suppose. Um, I will say whenever I was looking into this, like Atlas fans, even me as an Atlas fan, like I'm upset because normally that company is fairly like uh, good. Like it's one of probably one of my favorite gaming companies where they're just like, this is what we do. Like we don't really deviate from it much. Um, they're pretty great. It's not great, but like they're fine with their community. And like, I feel like this is just them as a Japanese company just trying to protect their assets, I guess. I'm not trying to defend them. Just that's probably where I just think it's going. Yeah, I mean, you would hope that that's all it is because what else is it going to be? But yeah, it's only like, like I said earlier, it's unless it's the whole thing like where Blizzard was just like, oh, hey, we're trying to do this ourselves, like bring this back. That that's another thing I can see them like cracking down on something like this. Yeah, because like I will say, whenever Persona Five came out, a lot of people became interested in Atlas, like as a gaming company. Like the, before, Atlas was like a niche thing. Like Shin Megami Tensei in general was just like this is a thing for like nerdy people who like JRPGs. Me being one of them. And then whenever Persona Five came out, and everybody's like, "Wow, that music slap slaps! Wow, that those characters are cool! Wow, the combat's cool! Like the storytelling's great." everybody came flooding in and it wasn't a niche thing anymore so maybe this is a thing they're looking into again like an mmo style thing so this could be them bringing it back and that's why they're cracking down on it yeah but, but if that's, they were bringing... that's coping that's coping yeah <laughs> like that's me that's me just trying to you know, give a line <laughs> yeah if they were bringing it back they would have to not bring this specific thing back because this is this wouldn't fly today no this is bad. This is not like if you release this as a new MMO today or a revitalized one. Well, okay, as it is, like on PC, it would not do well at all. It would just be bad. Now, if they were to re-release this, like and redid it, like on like phones, like a mobile game, like a mobile MMO, um, but like super redid everything, made it like polished and just different. Maybe it'd be fine. But yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's everything about that. Um, Maybe I'll sad. go check out one of these free services. Before they're gone. Well, the one that didn't go, like, I guess the reimagined one's gone. This one's probably disappearing. So there there are other ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, get it while it's hot. It's not hot. It's very cold. <laughs> okay. Um, should probably talk about Twitch, uh, mainly oh because Twitch... Uh, the day after we talked about it, yet or last week, the uh, day. day. Well, I guess the day we released the podcast. Yeah, uh, it exploded. Um, the the whole site is just went boom. Uh, so first of all, related to what we talked about last week was the whole gambling thing. Uh, the big news since then is that they are choosing to now ban. Uh streams involving like unlicensed gambling sites uh which is a step in the right direction at least yeah this was a good thing because like as we agreed the gambling stuff could be addictive and it's understanding and the context of all the gambling was a little off but yeah sure yeah and the um at the very least, banning uh, any streaming of unlicensed sites means that uh, the only sites left that are gambling are at least going to be, you know, state-sanctioned uh, 
something that can be looked into and are expected to follow certain rules when it comes to advertising and whatnot. Uh, that is uh, related specifically to what we talked about. Uh, next up is the whole revenue split deal. Uh, essentially, Twitch uh, is talking about changing the way they split revenue on uh, subscribers. Um, so they originally had two different kinds of deals. You had a 70-30 revenue split and a 50-50. So 7030 was like the premium deal for some of the bigger streamers. Uh, like the top tip top, not even 1%, like the point something something percent. Yeah. Uh, 50 50 was for everyone else. Um, so now what they're saying is they don't want to have the 7030 anymore. Uh, they're looking to lower that to the 50 50 for everyone. Uh, this means that uh, they still want to try to appease the people that are locked into those deals. So they are offering them for the first hundred thousand dollars a seventy thirty split, but after that it'll be just fifty fifty. Uh, part of the problem with this is that people were like streamers were trying to actually change things to where everyone got the seventy thirty instead of just like you know the top people. So this is a direct reverse of that decision uh, or that uh, what people want. The other part is that Twitch is saying that the problem is that their servers cost too much and they need to be able to pay for their servers. Their servers are run through Amazon Web Services, which is owned by Amazon, who also owns Twitch. So why is it going to cost them so much to run their servers when it's the sister company that owns it, like they shouldn't have to worry too much about the server costs if they're the ones running the servers, right? Yeah, yeah. This is them being greedy assholes. Sure, yeah. That's just they're just full of shit. Uh, yeah, lot of lot of problems uh, with it. Everyone's angry because they're greedy. Uh. Hopefully we see them change course. I mean, they already had people trying to organize against the whole gambling thing. So ideally you would want to see the content creators organize against this too. There are ways to do that. Some talked about uh, uh, staging kind of a walkout for TwitchCon and stuff like that. So maybe something will be done there, but uh, either way, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, the final bit of, Twitch just going crazy is that there is more drama that happened uh, beyond the whole gambling fiasco. Yeah. Um, so there was actually PC gamer actually had an article that kind of detailed a sort of timeline of events that kind of fit together a little bit. Um, so basically there was like the, the gambling uh, deal with it, with uh, it's Sliker. Uh, then from there we had, uh, Asmongold, uh, talking, you know, talking about it, uh, from there talking about another streamer. Uh, then there was a, uh, argument between, uh, two streamers called Trainwreck and Mizgif. Uh, from there, 
there was a uh, sexual assault allegation against a streamer called Crazy Slick, uh, who is not its liker, different names. Uh, from there, there was also um, a streamer named Ice Poseidon who uh, revealed some old messages that he got from Mizkiff. Uh, that had a lot of like homophobic slurs and racist slurs. Uh, they're pretty bad. From there, uh, there were also people calling out uh, Justin Minx, who was another streamer, uh, for basically uh, aiding and abetting people who may have uh, contributed to uh, sexual assault and stuff like and harassment at her own parties and stuff like that. This is just like, just a con a concentrated like ball of just like a bunch of streamers losing their minds basically. Uh, and like just exploding in like a combination of like drama and like sexual assault allegations, uh, which are not good by the way, to be clear, I'm not making light of that, but like, the whole week has just been like a really bad week for just Twitch as a whole. And it's uh, stemmed out among all the uh, higher up t content creators as well. Yeah. Uh, like it was just a crazy week, like in general. And it was like, I think part of it was just, that's why Twitch decided to make, maybe I'm saying maybe decided to like drop the whole money, the uh, split thingy. The the fifty fifty and the seventy fifty or seventy thirty thing. Where you make oh, it's already dramatic. The drama's starting. Maybe if we just put this out in the middle of the night, which they did, yeah, and <laughs> it'd be fine. <laughs> it was not fine though. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm not like going into detail on any of this stuff, uh, a lot of it is because it's just kind of tweets, like just people saying stuff. So there's not like a whole lot of corroboration on any allegations. And some of it is, like I said, just people arguing with each other. Uh, but I did want to list everything that we've seen so far, just because just to highlight just how bad of a week it's been uh, for the platform as a whole, including uh, the higher up content creators. Uh, it was a mess. Uh, and we, we uh, you and I had a conversation because it just feels like, everything happens the day after we record. Uh, and this was one of those examples where uh, we were like, oh, shit just hit the fan. Like, literally yeah. the we night of slash the next yeah. day. Yeah. It was just, we're just like, god damn it. This, this seems to always happen. Yeah, we get that a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what else we can really say on it. Like, drama's drama. Like, that it is what it is. And yeah. It was just a lot in one week. And yeah. For that Twitch to just put that out during the same week, whether it's connected or not, just as a way for them to put it in under like a smoke screen of drama was a lot. And which is shitty, no matter how you look at it, like as, as a company or Amazon or whoever is shitty. Cause like, to me, it's just them trying to get more money from creators. And I'm not trying to defend the top 0.001% here, but like them just being like, well, now you get less money is just for 
a large company to get more money seems shitty to me. Well, because it was a calculated thing, right? So uh, Twitch, especially uh, under Amazon, but like even before Amazon, Twitch was trying to create an environment where Twitch was the platform. And then from there, they can take being, you know, the main platform. There are other platforms. They don't work as well as Twitch, um, um, even though they only work for the top people. Uh, but still, uh, you push every all the competition out, and then you're the only one left, and then you get to set the prices. You get to make money off of your content creators uh, and then tell them, where are you going to go? Facebook gaming? Like, or no, YouTube. you're going to stay here. Even YouTube isn't, like, great. Uh, there yeah. are people that make it on YouTube, but not nearly as well as they would on Twitch. The only way you make it on YouTube is if you were on Twitch and you get a nice year-long deal like someone like Ninja can do, uh, where, you know, you just go off to another platform because they pay you a lot to do it up front. Mm-hmm. So they just create this sort of monopoly where they get to set the rules and then they set the rules and it doesn't matter because you're not going to go anywhere else. You can try. It might work. It probably won't. Yeah. This is just monopolies in general. How much you can do about it. Uh, I guess not have large companies buy out things because, you know, Twitch wasn't always a large company. It was just Justin TV at one point. I guess this was bound to happen eventually. Yeah, I one day. It is. Yeah. Okay, well. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to talk real quick about one other thing, which was uh, Video Game Donkey is making a publishing company. <laughs> How it's do you feel about that? Something. Yes, it is Big Mode. <laughs> Very Donkey. Very Donkey. <laughs> How do I feel about it? Um... I watched the video on it and I saw some like Twitter responses to it. Um, a lot of people were negative about it. Um, I would say I'm fairly like neutral on it. Like it's a publishing company, not like, not a development, like an indie developing company um, development. It's I feel fine. That's the gist of it. Cause it's just, he, he's, he, he was, I think the video was kind of like, what is it? sarcastic a little bit because he was saying like here's these games that i propped up through my videos and stuff and i'm i'm speaking as donkey like he's he, he feels like he's played a lot of games so he has a fairly good opinion on games which is good i guess as a publisher to understand what it takes to put into a game i guess uh it's and maybe that's where some people are kind of cynical about it like for me though i, I just see it as like oh here's another person diving into a scene games publishing if it goes well it goes well if it doesn't then there's no negative to it so i i guess i just I'm very neutral on it yeah um i personally i don't i can't say whether or not it's going to be successful or not i do think that i overall like the decision i personally like video game donkeys videos yeah. uh i watched them a lot uh recently it's been more of a on off like i'll take a month off of watching them and just go back and watch them all but if you look at some of his videos he has some really nice insight on how games function and how they should function uh he has a lot of like in-depth videos on the industry that are surprisingly well thought out uh 
with some pretty good opinions on them. Uh, when it comes to the more negative opinions on this, I think that part of it is thinking about a lot of the other videos he's made where, you know, it's a lot of like screaming and just nonsense and stuff like that. And, uh, if you're someone who doesn't watch him, that might be the only content that you're familiar with is that kind of stuff. Uh, I also think that there's some people that I've noticed, like pick out parts of the, uh, announcement video where, uh, you were saying that like there were games that he's like, Oh, I prop these up. And he was talking about games that were already pretty big games. Like, uh, he mentioned Hades, um, Hades, undertale games that were already pretty big. Uh, they're still indie games, but they were already like pretty big. Uh, and, People think that it sounded like he was uh, saying that he was a, a big part of that success was like he was pushing out these games that no one had ever heard of or whatever, which I don't think, I think is quite. I think he's just being joking, like he was jokingly saying that to some extent, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't think he was really uh, trying to imply that. I think his point was more that like propping up uh, these indie games that were very clearly good and saying, you know, I want to be part of that. I want to you know, make these, uh, uh, bring games that are like this to the forefront as opposed to the bigger AAA games that don't really deserve it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so overall, like, I think this is just like a net po- like not net positive, but like, it's fine. Like, I don't think this is something people should like be riled about and say it's bad or anything. Like as far as I'm concerned, like, it's a publishing company. They're going to like find some games to put under his umbrella and he's going to like do whatever publishers do, which is essentially review them, give them a release date and prop them up and give them uh, some, some time in front of the screen, essentially. Which he has the, the viewership to do like he's being a content creator who has a lot of, uh, has a lot of like subscribers, a lot of views and stuff like that who has a platform being able that makes you able to, if you're putting out a publishing label, that makes you able to push stuff out there for people to see, which I think is smart. I think that's, if that's your goal is to take a game that you believe in and put it out there for people to see being a content creator with a publishing label makes sense. Yeah. As long as, you know, he's transparent with what he does like saying like oh here's one of my games under my company my big mode company (laughs) (laughs) uh and like he's like people are gonna be critical like overly critical of whatever he props up that's like that that i can promise Uh, as long as he's just like yeah this is one of my games uh and here's his opinion on it i'm sure he won't shit on one of his own games he probably like at least make fun of it a little bit because that's just how his personality is yeah but like i don't yeah i think this is fine yeah okay well uh we can go ahead and just move on to some upcoming games before we head out uh we got a few here a few things to talk about um i don't know if there's anything particularly standout but uh Let's see. First off, we have a game called The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Uh, This is a 2D pixel art point and click adventure game. Uh, This one, it's like has like sort of a horror uh, vibe to it. 
uh, it draws from English folklore, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I'm not really into like point and clicks, but uh, I do generally like hearing that like something's pulling from a certain uh, folklore. <laughs> I, I'm a yeah. fan of that kind of stuff, like like mythologies and uh, yeah, I like I like it too. Whenever it's like, here's our our cryptids, essentially. <laughs> They're their their own like magic, I guess, and stuff. Uh, whenever I hear like European, I guess, or English folklore, you know, it's gonna have its like tint of like how like when you see like the Hobbit and see their like <laughs> the Hobbit's homes and stuff. It's kind of warm in a way, but also cold to some extent. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming out on the twenty eighth. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we have another game called Deathverse Let It Die. This one I cannot remember. It's apparently set in a universe that uh was pre like it it's not its own universe, it comes from the Deathverse universe, I think. Like there is a Deathverse. Okay. Yeah, I don't know this. I don't know oh, this I'm sorry, all. it's in the same world as Let It Die, excuse me. Uh What's Let It Die? I do not know. Clicking on Let It Die. Okay. This is... Oh. I think I do know about this. Like, this was, like, a probably a big thing years ago. Let It Die. Like... Hmm. Okay. You'd have to look at it yourself. It was, like, a weird... Like, people compared it to, like, being a Souls-like game. I, be I, I believe it's this game. Yeah, it was like a survival game, but like single player survival, I believe. But there was like the, the I think it's this game where like other characters, like you could fight other players' characters, I believe. But they, but it was still like single player, but it was like a ghost of their character. Okay. And it was, but it was you. You were in like a tower, I think. And you're just trying to get through it. It it, it has an aesthetic. It, it's very what's it called? It kind of feels like Monster Hunter and Dark Souls, where like the UI seems very like kind of limited but janky. Uh, like that whole feeling of like I don't know how to explain that feeling. Okay, That's but right. yeah. Anyways, it's in that in that universe. So yeah, you basically are doing a battle royale. The backdrop is that you're on like a TV show uh trying to survive a battle royale. Uh it's got like a melee focus. Uh it looks like at least the players are mostly using swords and maces and whatnot. Um there's some PvE elements where there's some like uh little creatures that you have to fight uh while also fighting people and uh other stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of gameplay for this, so I can't really comment too much on that. Yeah, this will be one that, like, if it's free, maybe one of us will play it and check it out. Yeah. Uh, it comes out on September 28th. It comes out on October 5th for PC, though. So the day after Overwatch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next game that's coming up is Valkyrie Elysium. Uh, are you familiar with the Valkyrie games? 
Uh, or at least this one. I don't know. Nope. I see them and I'm like, not super interested. I don't even know how many of these I know. The combat looks cool. It does look cool I... for Elysium. So wait, Elysium is its own games or Valkyrie is its own games? I believe Valkyrie is a set of games, unless there's just other Valkyrie games that are not this one. There's Valkyria Chronicles. Valkyria? Or Val Valkyrie Chronicle, like the tank games. Yeah. Th this is not that. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I don't know if this is this is Square. Square Enix does this. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I've never heard of this. Uh, looks cool. It's on my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a notorious thing where, like, if I see a game, I'll be like, I want to remember this. I don't know if I'll play it, but I'll just go click. Now it's in my list, and now I have to at least either remove it. Or know it exists, and eventually I'll come back to it. So at some point, probably because it's Square Enix, I clicked on this game and I was like, "Remember, <laughs> never seen this game, but it's on my wish list." Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> look here, look God, here. Square Enix put out a bunch of games, and they all look pretty similar. Where it's that like, it's blatantly like, yeah, this is a Square Enix game. Yeah, they've had sense. a lot recently. Uh, anyways, I guess we can't really talk about it because we don't know anything about it, but it's coming out. On shame on, uh, shame, shame on, on me, I guess, because uh, I should know. Yeah, I mean, it's on your wish list. Um, yeah, this is coming out on September 29th. Uh, it does have a PC release that's coming out on November 11th, so that's a little ways away for PC. Which also makes me worry because that means it's probably like a port. Square Enix know. port, PC port. Probably not. I mean, okay, just give me one second to just look it up. <laughs> you know how Square Square Enix does good PC ports? They don't. <laughs> no, this is it's a release on PS4, PS5, and PC. Yeah, but the PC release isn't coming till much later. I mean, like a okay, month. Valkyrie franchise. So it's. As you said, it's part of a group of games. I knew it was part of a group of games, but I, I know the games you're talking about, the tanks, and I don't know if they're the same. They shouldn't be. There's no magic in that world. They they shouldn't be, but, you know. What are That's you going like to do? That's brutal, like, World War II, like, well, World War II, but, like, you know, World War One Two like, era, like, but anime, like, style of, like, game dog i don't know i don't know man i don't know let's move on um we have another game that's gonna come into early access called moonbreaker um this game is a turn-based tactics game it describes itself as like a turn-based tabletop tactics because uh, it looks like you're moving around like little tabletop figures uh i guess the main appeal of this game is that it's set in a universe crafted by brandon sanderson uh, he is the author of the Mistborn saga, saga and the Stormlight Archive. Mm -hmm. I'm not too familiar with his books, but I do know that he is a pretty popular author who I think has actually been in the spotlight recently because I think he was coming back into writing recently within the past yeah. year. 
I've definitely heard of him. I think I watched him play like Magic the Gathering once or twice or something like that. That's probably correct, yeah. Let me double check. I never read his books. Like sometimes I'll read like, not read, I'll um do like, um what's it called? Audio, aud- Audible? I'll do like Audible and I'll listen to some pretty niche like books. Uh, I, I never went through any of his, I, I don't think. Yeah, I haven't either. I definitely haven't read in a very long time. Uh, oh, he, he wrote a novella for Magic. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. I did read that. I did read that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, this this game uh, looks cool. Just conceptually as like that turn-based strategy game. It's PvP. I have played turn-based strategy PvP games before, and I sucked at them because I... I liked to think I was good at them, but I ended up sucking at them because I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, I think I just never was good to begin with. I don't think it's because I'm getting old, but yeah, totally. I'm going to put this on my wish list to remember it. Yes, remember it. Look, I'll stab you. If you can remember to. Oh, I won't forget. Better wish list it. Done. Anyways, that's coming out September 29th for early access. So, yeah. Next one, uh, Witchy Life Story. This is coming out September 30th. Uh, This is a visual novel. It uh, sports some character creation. Uh, You play as a budding witch that uh, does, like, potion crafting and stuff, and you're trying to help a town get ready for a festival, and you have two weeks to do it. There's also some romance, obviously, uh, that kind of thing. You're meeting with the townsfolk and potentially getting to know them a little better. It, it looks cute. Um, I'm yeah not yeah. one to do like visual novels, but I do appreciate character creation. That's always nice. Uh, it looks like a pretty uh, robust character creation, I guess. Not in like the way you're thinking. It's not like Black Desert. Or like a you know Korean MMO one. Yeah, you're saying it's just diverse in options as far as it goes. Yeah, especially for a visual novel, like you can uh, be pretty safe making a character you want within that universe, probably. Yeah, it looks like you're choosing between like a lot of variety of like just body types and body types, skin tones, hairs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's got a very cutesy style. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's coming out September 30th. Yeah. Uh, last game we don't have to talk about too long. It's Overwatch 2. Uh, we don't have to talk about it too long because we already talked about it earlier. Uh, We'll probably, uh, talk about next week because we'll have more information on it. And then the week after that, we'll probably have played it. Uh, you know, sure. Yeah. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this comes out October 4th. So that's next week. That's all the games. Uh, that's all the games I got down here. So I think we're good to go. I think we're good to uh, call it for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, more video gaming news. And 
As always, don't forget to do your dailies. And your weeklies.